This is patient care theory three, unit two, part one. Uh, now we're talking about junctional rhythms. Um, junctional rhythms are not uh, a rhythm we typically treat unless they're significantly bradycardic. Uh, but you see it sometimes uh, typically because the SA node fails and a uh, pacemaker site somewhere around the AV node, perinodal tissue takes over pacing. So AV junction is technically where the AV node, at least my understanding, is where the AV node and bundle of his meet. And uh, it's typically marked by heart rate, which is in the normal range, but maybe in the 40 to 60 range because the inherent firing rate of the, that area of the heart is typically in the 40 to 60 range. If you have a junctional rhythm with the heart rates above 60 and below 100, we call that an accelerated junctional rhythm. Uh, but it's usually uh, what they call an escape rhythm, meaning the SA node or higher pacemaker site has failed and the AV junction is taken over because of that. Um, or if somewhere in the perinatal tissue becomes excitable and starts to fire fast and the SA node takes over, it's usually an accelerated junctional rhythm. The uh, P waves are typically in, you know, the monitoring leads that we use typically, one, two, and three, they're typically inverted, absent, or retrograde. So when you think about it anatomically, uh, when you look at um, the AV node and the bundle of Hiss, I can't get that song on my head now. Okay. I know. <laughs> in, so in lead two, where the positive lead is here and the negative lead is up here in the, uh, um, in the right shoulder, so negative lead is in the right shoulder and the positive lead is the left lateral chest wall, and you think uh, where that is in relation to the AV node bundle of Hiss, or a bundle of branches, bundle of hiss and bundle of branches. Um, if you've got to focus somewhere around the perinodal tissue, uh, what will happen is um, the wave of depolarization will go in the normal direction of the ventricles, but will depolarize in a retrograde fashion up the atria. So consequently, you get this inverted P wave. Whoops. Inverted P wave followed by a QRS. And uh, um, but if it happens further down the bundle of Hiss, you might not see any P wave at all. And if it happens further down still, like just above the bifurcation of the bundle branches, what you might see is a retrograde P wave. So QRS, uh, P wave, or inverted P wave, and T wave. So as long as the rhythm is regular and the P wave morphology is identical, and in leads one, two, and three, the P waves are either inverted, absent, or retrograde. You're looking at a junctional rhythm. Yeah, Jake? Is it uh, inverted because it's moving away from the positive? Yeah, because in lead two, it's moving away from the positive electrode. Whenever a wave moves towards a positive electrode, you get a positive deflection. When it moves away, um, you get a negative deflection. You know, you guys should really try getting your coffee and your snacks before class or after class, like not in the middle of a class where we're taking a 10 minute break. Um, PR interval will be normal, short, or not applicable. QRS, usually narrow. But again, if, um, if the QRS is wide and you don't see P waves, then you're dealing with a ventricular rhythm. Uh, and you can have a slow idioventricular rhythm, you can have an accelerated idioventricular rhythm, or you can have a ventricular tachycardia, but uh, 
If, if the QRS is wide and you don't see P waves at all, it's a ventricular rhythm until proven otherwise. Now, if you see an inverted P wave followed by QRS consistently, that would be a junctional rhythm with aberrant conduction right? or aberrancy. Or as they say in Texas, aberrancy. It's a junctional rhythm with aberrancy. I don't know if I told you the story, but when I trained as a cardiotech, Cardiotech, a lady from Texas came and trained me on the computer for a week, and she had a pretty strong accent. And she said aberrancy, and by the end of the week, I was saying aberrancy. Rob, you Canadians sure talk funny. We do. We do. I guess we do. Um, you ever get annoyed with Americans who keep saying, say about, say about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. nobody says a boot. Unless you're on the East Coast, you might say a boot, but we don't say a boot. All right, so PACs. Um, we don't worry a whole lot about PACs or PVCs or PJCs. Uh, they're ectopic beats, they happen occasionally, uh, but you know, it's important to think about why, are the, why is the patient having PACs or PVCs or PJCs? Um, is the myocardium ir irritable? Well, as I said to the other four who were late, maybe you guys should get your snacks before or after class instead of during the 10 minute break. So PACs, um, we're going to uh, describe the underlying rhythm and rate first, right? So rhythm and rate, and um, uh, in order for the, the premature beat to be called a PAC, it's got to have an upright P wave. So can you see the PAC, which one it is here? Is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Four, Four, yeah. So we have a uh, sinus beat, sinus beat, sinus beat, and a PAC, right? So we've got an upright P wave, a beat that falls earlier than expected. So we have this, uh, we look at the, the R to R distance. These are equidistant. And then this one is premature. So that's a PAC. Uh, PR is usually normal. QRS is usually narrow. Ratio is one to one, except where there's a, well, it's, it's one to one throughout. Um, so we would say this is a, a sinus rhythm with whatever the rate is. The rate there is 300, 150, 175, 80, 85. So we have a sinus rhythm with a heart rate of 85 with a PAC. That's how you describe it. Sinus rhythm 85 with a PAC or with two PACs or with three PACs, depending on how many you see there. Those are two friggin' entire dinners, like <coughs> massive meals. Did you bring extra forks and spoons for the rest of us? I do have two forks. All right, so uh, the top here, we see a PJC. Can you see where that PJC is? Which one it is? Number seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seventh one. Yep. So we see typically with a PJC, we see a short, um, we see an inverted P wave and a short PR interval. That's fairly typical. 
And then um, you'll never hear people use the term supraventricular premature beat, but cardiologists like to use it, and you'll hear it in the CCU. And they use it for uh, premature beats where the P wave's not clearly discernible. So here's an example right here of uh, SVPB. The P wave, you can actually see the P wave superimposed on the preceding T wave. Do you see that there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's SVPB. If you want to piss people off, say SVPB. If you're in the CCU, uh, say SVPB, and they'll just look at you like, whoa, aren't you the cardiologist? Mm -hmm. Can you see the other SVPB there? Where the P wave's a little more clear? You can say? Riley? Oh, you're counting. <laughs> well, you don't have to count. <laughs> the, last the very last one, yeah. Yeah, the very last one. You can see the, the P wave pretty clearly superimposed on the preceding T wave. It's on page 60. 